When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two years after the pandemic sent everyone home, the office is slowly but surely making a comeback. But after spending years working remotely, employees and employers are realizing we cannot go back to business as usual. From The Wall Street Journal, this is the future of everything. I'm Caitlin Nicholas. In this episode, we're bringing you a conversation from the WSJ CEO Council Summit about just what role the office should play in our lives now. From the changing expectations of employees to the new demands from employers, what will it take to create a vibrant and productive working environment? And we're hearing answers to that question from two people who've been thinking a lot about the future of the office. Thomas Heatherwick is the founder of Heatherwick Studio. He and his firm have spearheaded big public projects around the world, including the Vessel and Little Island in New York City, and designed huge office complexes, like Google's new Charleston East headquarters in California. And Linda Grattan is a professor of management practice at the London Business School. She studies how people and organizations interact, and says there are a lot of myths about the before times. So the idea that before the pandemic, we spent all our time wandering around having water cooler conversations, That actually, in most cases, was not the case. We now need to go back and say, how do we build serendipity? That's coming up after the break. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Now to our conversation, recorded live during the in-person WSJ CEO Council Summit in London. Wall Street Journal reporter Emily Glazer is the moderator, and she's talking to business professor Linda Grattan and designer Thomas Heatherwick. We've edited this conversation for time and clarity. Not all employees want to go back to the office. So how can the physical space help lure employees back in? Everyone is hungry for purpose. Mm -hmm. The stupid construct of the office, I think, is gone. Mm -hmm. And suddenly we're down to human motivation. So you're designing places, places. I wouldn't even use the word office. I think we should really think about how you make places it's not about whether it's got a beanbag or a slide, mm. because everyone's offering that. Okay, so it's beanbags a, aren't the answer, folks. <laughs> nothing wrong with a good beanbag, but it's more precisely, why is this organization meaningful and how do you exude that? Mm. Because when someone was in the workplace five days a week, you could have a couple of crappy days. And as long as Friday rallied it together and everyone gave everyone some beer at the end, they went home telling their life that it's a good story. And, uh-huh. and I think any employer knows the danger of when people go off 
on holidays. Mm -hmm. That's when they reevaluate their life. Now mm -hmm. people are reevaluating their life weekly. Yes. So the place has to be something really meaningful. Yes, and I want to ask a quick follow-up. You and your firm are designing Google's new space. Obviously, this started years ago, but a big part of that, a big word in that is flexibility. So can you tell us about that space and what some of the features are? Yeah. So we've been on a really great journey working with Google over the last eight years, and it started in Mountain View in the Bay Area in California, and then you were there thinking, this is an organization where the story it tells itself is about engineering. But when you looked and analyzed, you could easily say this is desk space. And the existing buildings, many, many buildings they were in, were just the older office buildings. And yet, next door, they'd just got the lease for the NASA Moffett Air Base. Hmm. And on that air base, there were three airship hangars, major flexible spaces. And we went and visited that. And then we looked at their requirement and the extreme flexibility of an organization as it became alphabet where there might be initiatives that are to make balloons, vehicles, and it seemed a chance to actually reaffirm values and build extreme flexibility. So we said to them, you don't really want offices, do you? Why don't we build you hangars where you can then, in effect, build a town within that, but that's flexible, mm -hmm. where we can give perfect daylight to everybody working, but also make something that's quicker to adapt and adjust. Mm -hmm. So it's all about trying to make flexibility, but make an authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I think we're just stuck decorating office spaces. Mm -hmm. And the old models, I mean, so many times we were in meetings where people said it's about efficiency. And they forgot the efficiency you're really after is emotional efficiency. Mm -hmm. And how do you make places mean something to people? Right. We all have the illusion we're special. Every single one of us, everyone. And you've got to make places that affirm that that's the truth. And we had a model which spoke of collaboration and all of these things, but actually made generic places yes. and had a weird construct that infantilized people and mm -hmm. didn't give them, uh, give them responsibility and respect. I want to take that. And Linda, you've talked about how the average person spends 23 hours a week in meetings, probably more for this group right here, about 65% of their time. And the pandemic and the way we work is an opportunity to blow that model up. So going back to the flexibility that you just mentioned, Thomas, what are some of the ways that companies are blowing this up? Um, and what kind of models do you see working, even though there isn't this exact one way of doing it that we're, that we're seeing? We learned during the pandemic that actually could, people could work from home and still be productive. And that was, by the way, a massive insight for most organizations who hadn't done that. But what we also learned is that when we start using uh, platforms like Microsoft or, or, or Zoom, we double the number of meetings. So the reason that you and your senior executives are pretty exhausted right now is you're just going from one meeting to another. So what we're beginning to see is the redesign of work, where you actually ask yourself, what is it that makes people productive and motivated in my organization? And for example, if your role is a focused role, and Thomas, if you think about your own studio, a lot of your people are doing work where you just need them to have undisturbed time, where you can do that amazing human activity of focusing on the task, writing reports, looking at, uh, at what's, what's happening in the world and so on. That's the bit, by the way, that's disappeared during the pandemic. You are not, you, your employees are not doing that focused work. So we need to redesign work so that that becomes 
a legitimate and celebrated piece of work. Now, that focused work could be on your own. And actually, that's why I do think hybrid work, certainly for knowledge workers, is going to be uh, here to stay. I think it's going to be very difficult for you to get employees back in the office full-time, five days a week. I know some of you have, have asked for that, and I think that's you know, a completely legitimate request. But you will find you'll lose people in doing that. So the focused work is going to be really, really important. But you may feel, I think, as you probably do, Thomas, with your studio, that you want people also to be highly cooperative. Mm. And to do that, you want them face-to-face. -face. If the office is a place of cooperation, then we need to design it for cooperation. And right now, I just came back from New York, and I was... I talked to one investment bank and she said, you know, I've just come into the office today. It took me one and a half hours to get here. I've been on Zoom calls all day. There's nobody around. Mm -hmm. Why am I here? There are CEOs certainly in London and New York, especially the financial industry, where CEOs have said, listen, we need employees back five days a week. This is what it is. If you don't like it, leave. What do you make of that requirement? So if you're an organization that says, I want everybody back five days a week and I want really highly talented people, you're in the quadrant that says we want people who are highly talented and who have very low needs for flexibility. That's a very small group. There is enough of them, by the way, but you'll notice you're having to pay them more and that will only increase. I think it's mm -hmm. a perfectly legitimate thing for you to say, I want everybody back in the office. That's your role as a CEO to make that judgment call. And the question I would ask you as a CEO is, who are you missing out on and who are you getting? When we come back, what Linda Grattan and Thomas Heatherwick think about the evolving requirements that employees and employers have for their offices, and what must happen to foster real collaboration and meaningful work. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I want to just turn back to Google's new campus. There's obviously an enormous amount of research that goes into these types of multi-year uh, major billion-dollar projects. Can you share a little bit more, Thomas, what you and your team ask Google and the executives to try to learn more about their culture to help design that space? During this funny time, we've all, maybe if you can afford to, you've improved your home. So the competition got stiffer for a workplace. Uh, and so you've got to design somewhere that it's motivating to be there and people can come together in ways that the domestic setting could never offer you. We all hunger for us, the feeling of being together and provoked mm -hmm. and pushed to be better versions of ourselves. Mm. And environments mm. can do that. So with the Google work, there was an organization willing to have those conversations. They've got some very sophisticated teams that we could work with. So many teams. <laughs> One of the things is like trying to do any work while managing a million teams of intelligent people coming at you with amazing questions. <laughs> but when you can protect that time and then do that deep focus to really think how to respond mm -hmm. to that and make something that feels like it's unique. And everywhere around the world, workspaces become more similar to everywhere else mm. on the planet. Yeah. Everyone wants to dodge the physical 
because it's easier to be virtual. Mm -hmm. We are physical beings. Mm -hmm. And so the workplace also, the construct was kind of show a shiny smile at the front, have an artwork in your lobby and have a big kind of marble thing with a nice looking person sitting at it. Uh And then behind it was all the plasticated trunking, plasticated desking, plastic lights and all this thing. And no windows you could open and all these weird things that were like, well, that's not human. Mm -hmm. We had talked about how Um, In Google, the idea of maybe having a circular space where you can kind of open and shut doors because we have super focused work, but then we also want to be human and socialize. So can you just share a little bit more about what that concept is? One of the tests that's been going on in in one of our Google buildings, the challenge is coming together that sociability. So there was an experiment that we've been doing there where there is a shared work table where people can come together. But the challenge is always how you have the sharedness, but also the focused work. And so there are spaces around, and each of those spaces is enclosable with sliding doors. Close the door, I'm working, don't disturb me, I'm on a Zoom call. (laughs) Have it slightly open, like I could be available to talk, or slide the doors like, like, Mm -hmm. here I am. And so there's differing amounts of being able to read read your colleagues Mm -hmm. and have a togetherness or an individualized Mm -hmm. focus. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's an interesting one. But within your experiments, don't jump for that's it. We're going to do that (laughs) everywhere. One of the concepts here are that employees have more power than they've ever had before. Uh, You all in the crowd know that. I see a lot of heads nodding. So can we just focus a little bit more on the near future and what that could be? At the very beginning of the pandemic, when we were all trying to imagine what was going to happen next, I don't think any of us thought that we would have the great resignation now. And, and the question is, why are people resigning? And, and they're resigning. It comes against, Thomas, you sort of mentioned it, this notion that we want to be human. And one part of being a human is that you think about possible selves. You think about your future, and you can imagine what that future could be. And actually, during lockdown, when people were at home with their neighbors and their community, They began to imagine different futures. And some of those futures are now being played out now. They've decided to change the way that they work. Right now, highly talented people have a huge amount of power with regard to what they want from you. And of course, in the long term, you're going to see a great deal more balance. Mm -hmm. But I do think that the way that you project yourself as a place where particular people want to work, and there are people in the world who want to work in an office full-time. There are people who want to work at home full-time. There were always virtual organizations, actually, even before the pandemic, who attracted some very talented people who never actually met each other. So, you know, the more that you can actually link what your purpose is with how you therefore build your space and your time, I think you're going to always be able to attract the best people. Will it be more difficult uh, for people going forward? Without a doubt. I mean, Mm -hmm. without a doubt, you will see a rebalance between employees and employers, just as you're going to see so many rebalances happening. We we all need to feel our life is progressing. And I think everyone held their breath quite a lot during COVID, thinking, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. But nobody wants to go back. Mm -hmm. Psychologically, no one's going back to something. We're moving our studio after 15 years of being in one place. You're redesigning your own space. Yes. That's so meta. Yes. Uh, uh, (laughs) We're we're making more of a temple to the the team, but we're going to be on the street so people can look in Mm -hmm. and connect and see into Mm -hmm. our workshop. Mm. I was always wary, don't show off. You know, you're brought up, don't Mm. show off. And there was a charm to being behind a gate, 
behind another gate, and then you find us. But how's that going to connect to a teenager? Right, you want to be more open. And so actually not to show that you're amazing, but to show you're actually ordinary. Right, accessible. And for people, and therefore, oh, maybe extraordinary things come out of determination and ordinariness. Mm. In a sense, our old studio is great, but just change is a good thing sometimes, just for change's sake, to move forward. Designer Thomas Heatherwick and London Business School professor Linda Gratton speaking with The Wall Street Journal's Emily Glazer at our live CEO Council Summit. You can watch more sessions from that event at ceocouncil.wsj.com. And what do you think the Office of the Future should look like? Let us know. Tweet us at WSJ Podcasts. The Future of Everything is a production of The Wall Street Journal. Stephanie Ilgenfritz is the editorial director of The Future of Everything. This episode was produced by me, Caitlin Nicholas. Our sound designer is Jessica Fenton. Our fact checker is Maddie Bender. Scott Salloway is our supervising producer. Kateri Yoakum is the Wall Street Journal's executive producer of audio. Thanks for listening. This message comes from Viking committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.